if you're really thankful for this year all the opportunities that God has already given you some of you are getting there i see you know you're like okay should i raise my hand or am i thankful not yet okay that's all right that's all right you know today i want to uh, just dive into something that is so so special and so so important for all of us uh talking about throwbacks how many of you recently posted something on instagram that was a throwback okay for for those who don't use instagram so much how many of you posted something on whatsapp stories more more common right right how many of you posted something on whatsapp stories recently and called it a throwback wow you guys don't don't use that hashtag anymore right okay let's bring it down even more how many of you use hashtags when you're posting okay i think i need to bring it down even how many of you post on social media The rest of you what category do you belong to the sharers you know there's always that friend who likes to share everything you know what i'm saying when is the last time you posted something about a recent memory or recent thing that you remember do you remember those moments you know memories play such an important role and uh, you know throwback they say the urban dictionary uh, describes throwback this word in this manner a sudden reminder of the past right are you guys with me a sudden reminder of the past and you know it's it is used by people all over the world to share and relive their past experiences with anyone they want you know most likely all your followers on social media would get to know what happened in your life 2 years back 3 years back 5 years back uh if if that doesn't work for you facebook without you asking just shows those things called memories you remember that Wow, you guys are looking at me as if you don't use Facebook at all, man. Oh, we are in church. We're not supposed to talk about it, is it? How many of you get embarrassed when Facebook throws a photo that was shot about 7 years back? You know that version of yourself where you thought you knew fashion sense and then 5 years later you see that picture and you're like, "Oh my goodness, what was I even thinking?" Anybody felt that way? Okay now now we're getting there now we're getting there all right you know so but memories play such a unique and important role you know it's it's as though somebody put it in this way this is uh, one of the famous psychologists in who who's serving on the couple of universities in Auckland and in in Toronto this is Dr Donna who puts it like this memories is not just for remembering memories is not just for remembering it is becoming increasingly apparent that memory has a more important role to play in other functions than just directly that that directly impact your psychological well-being right if you like psychology that's my best take i could when it helps you understanding the meaning of this word memories but in a nutshell everybody knows or has memories that have shaped your lives correct me if i'm wrong right the other day uh, when we finished dinner uh, when we finished prayers and we kick started dinner and when we finished dinner on the last day you know everybody got talking about the memories that they had in college and you know we had some really animated guys who got up and and kind of gave us a few descriptions you remember that ravi right you know and and it's so good because it's like you relive certain things when you share those memories right like when a family union happens and then you start talking about things that happened 15 years back 
And if there's one of those stereotypical relatives in the house who likes to always pick on you as to, oh, you were so cute when you were this little kid. And you're like, oh, come on, please, let's stop talking about that. Right? We all have been in different, those, those moments where we have been caught off guard, where we have been, been embarrassed when it comes to memories. But, you know, I want to talk to you about a throwback that happened about 2,000 years back. And this talk for this evening, I've called it the most epic throwback. The most epic throwback. You know, Jesus used to, used to hang out a lot with his, with his disciples. And, and before Jesus went on the cross, and, and you know, this was the night before that, where Jesus was, was, ha- was hanging out with, one of, uh, with a few, rather all of his disciples. And, and he did something very unique. And, and today, for the next few minutes, I want us to help really understand something uh, that, that we as a body of Christ, we're going to be partaking uh, of something called the Lord's Table, or some of you know it as a communion, or some of you know it as the Lord's Supper. So I want to talk to you about communion from this perspective of the most epic throwback. And, and before we go any further, I know some of you might, may have a lot of thoughts and a lot of doubts, but I hope by the end of this evening, all of us are, are, on, are in agreement with one thing, that is something that is meant for the community of faith. Amen? Right? So even before we go forward and dive into everything that we're going to be looking into, uh, I just want you to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to be reading from that. Verse 23 onwards. And this is, this is Paul who's one of the followers of Jesus who's giving the community of Corinthians a basic understanding of what it means to, to get involved when it comes to the communion aspect of, of, uh, of a believer. And this is what he says. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, can everybody say given thanks? Come on guys, given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink and say this with me in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for this evening, for every single person who's here. We believe that you're already at work, Lord, in our hearts and in our lives tonight, even as we're sitting. God, apart from all the thoughts that we can have uh, in this entire evening, Holy God, we pray that your word would, would truly penetrate through those thoughts and, and reach to the deepest uh, core of our being, Lord. That your word would empower us, would equip us, would enrich us, and even restore and renew our relationship with you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you, like I said, for the next few minutes on the most epic throwback. You know, when Jesus 
instituted the communion, he did it with his disciples. Can everybody say disciples? You know, that's, that's what Paul is helping the, the community of Corinth understand where and how this entire concept of the bread and the wine and or the bread and the cup came into being and where this, this meal was instituted. So the communion part was something that was instituted by, by Jesus himself. Now, I know if you, if you have grown up in a Christian setting or even if you have not grown up in a Christian setting, you have so many different understandings when it comes to this one word called communion. Tonight, even as, we, even as we begin this journey about diving into the scripture, I really pray and hope that God would help all of us understand the true emphasis. Can everybody say emphasis? And the true purpose as to why we are even supposed to do this. You know, because from the outset of it, it looks something very, very scary to, to say. You know, when you hear words like, if you don't do it right, you're, you're going to be judged. And, and, you know, he even goes ahead and says, you need to examine yourself because you're proclaiming of Lord's death. And you're, you're, we're talking about blood and we're talking about bread. So a lot of words that we don't use on a generic context in our conversations are being spoken about in this context. Is that true? But, you know, if you read things just from the outset, you'll never understand the meaning of it. Right? Like in the same way how you have conversations without really hearing the other side of the story, you always come up with your own conclusions. Have you been there? You guys don't have conversations? Come on, it's okay when you, you, can, you can talk back to me, right? You know, it's, but it's important that all of us as a community of faith understand the concept and the purpose why we're going to help. So my, my role this evening is to just help you in three simple ways to understand the importance and the purpose of communion. Is that okay? Can everybody say three ways? Right, so the first thing we're going to be looking into is communion helps us remember and reflect on the work of Jesus. And, and I want to encourage you, if you guys can take notes, maybe this is one of the most uh, recommended talks that I would ask you to take notes because it's going to help you a lot in different aspects. So whether it's your phones, it's your books or your diaries or whatever it is, feel free to write this down. You know, communion helps us remember and reflect on the work of Jesus. Can everybody say remember and reflect? You know, there's this, there's this amazing scholar. I read some of his work when, uh, when I was uh, prepping for this. This guy called John Flavel, and he's one of the theologians in the 17th century. Now, do you need to understand Jesus? This was about 2,000 years back that Jesus was talking to his disciples about communion. Now, way back, this, this, if this was not relevant, this practice could have stopped 2,000 years back. But you see, even as of today, the global community of faith, the global church, still considers this as one of the most important and significant acts to do if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and so going back to this reference, John Flavel from the 17th century, I love how he helps you and me understand about this simple aspect or the simple word called remembrance. And he says, when you think about rem remembrance, there are two kinds of remembrance. How many? Two kinds. The first one, he says, is a speculative remembrance. And so hold on, just bear with me for the next few minutes as I help you look at these two different ways. A speculative remembrance is only to call to mind the history of such a person and his sufferings. That Christ was once put, once put to death in the flesh. That's a speculative remembrance. You know, one, last Sunday, one of the most... Uh, you know, uh, recent tragedies that happened was the death of this famous basketball player. How many of you remember that? 
right? Kobe Bryant. And, and you know, the, the, the crazy thing about it is people who have never even met Kobe were like talking about him as though they have like spent time with him, right? Did you guys feel that when, when you saw the back-to-back -back social media posts coming up? Uh, so I, I think you know, that's like a speculative remembrance that, you know, people paying respect and people paying homage to this, to the life, the legacy and, and the skill that he brought in the, in the, and the contribution that he made to the basketball uh, sport was, was incredible. Today, he's considered as one of the greatest legends ever lived in the basketball scene. But in the coming back to this, that's like exactly what a speculative remembrance would look like for someone all across in India who's not even attempted to play basketball and like, you know, just says R.I.P. Kobe. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's a, spec that's a classic example of what? Speculative remembrance. But then John Flavel goes up and helps you and me understand the second aspect of remembrance and he calls this affectionate remembrance. Affectionate remembrance is when we so-called Christ and his death to our minds, but we don't stay there. It also, it's about the powerful impressions you feel upon your heart. So it's not just about a remembrance in, in your mind, but it's also about a remembrance in your mind and your heart. And, and John Flavel helps us realize the beauty of remembering and reflecting on the, on, the, on the Lord's table or the communion aspect where he says, don't just put it to your head, into your head knowledge. Bring it to your, bring it to your heart. So the first aspect of communion that you and me really need to understand, it helps you and me remember and reflect on the work of Jesus. See, the gospel message, everything that we talk about on a Sunday to Sunday basis, everything that you practice, you read in the Bible, when it comes to the, the message of the gospel, you believe the message of the gospel once. But it's reapplied daily. You believe in the message of salvation once. But it's reapplied daily. So the gospel message is believe once for salvation, but it's reapplied daily. Can everybody say reapplied? reapplied. Daily. Not, not weekly. Not just during Sunday gatherings. Not just during connect groups. Not just during band practices. But when? Come on guys, when? You know, the gospel message is lived out and reapplied daily. So, and so every time we take communion, the gospel is proclaimed and we believe it and we embrace it again. Are you guys with me? I need your help because, you know, this is the first time we're going to be introducing communion today as a community. And, and I want us all to do it together. Right? With, with a basic understanding. I want us... At least, if not, do it together, all of us, at least get a true, basic understanding of the importance of it. And the second aspect, the entire emphasis of the communion is to point towards the eternal truth for humanity. You know, I love saying this and I'm going to say it again. When you put your faith and your trust in Christianity, it's not just about the do's and don'ts. See, because Christianity is not just like another religion that gives you a checklist but it's, it's truly about a relationship to be explored between you and Jesus. Between who? Between you and Jesus. And, and, 
And one of the things that you need to understand, there are two simple things that I want you to help us. Communion, when you look at it, when, I, when we are talking about pointing towards something, there are two emphases that I want you to understand when it comes to the aspect of communion. The first thing communion helps us do is it helps us point towards the finished work of the cross. Towards the finished work of the cross. Not, not the partial work, not the pending work, but what? The finished work of the cross. And, and I'll tell you why, because... When Jesus gave his life for you and for me, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, whether you're coming to that realization or you have totally been sold out on that idea or sold out on that truth, but when Jesus gave his life on the cross for you and for me, he, he died through the crucifixion, uh, crucifixion process. You remember that? And, and during those times, it was one of the most painful, one of the most torturous ways of putting someone to death. Now, we are not going to get much into details, but there are a couple of instances and there are a couple of truths, not just truths, but if I would put it this way, there are a couple of eternal truths when it comes to Jesus dying on the cross. And I want to make this bold statement, Jesus didn't die on the cross for Christians. Oh, you guys are not excited about that. Are you guys going to help me tonight? Jesus did not die on the cross just for Christians. He died for the entire world. I don't say it. I'm not making this up. The Bible says it. And I believe what the scripture says. He died for entire humanity. Irrespective of your ethnicity. Irrespective of your background. Irrespective of your upbringing. Irrespective of what you believe, what you don't believe. He died for entire humanity. And he died on the cross. And the cross speaks a couple of things when it comes to the death of Jesus. The first and foremost thing you need to understand, the cross speaks about the remission of sins. Humanity's sins were forgiven, not just because of their good works, but humanity's sins were, were forgiven because of the death of someone, and that is Jesus Christ. Today, if you and me are experiencing this, this church life that we call it, or this community life, we are able to experience that because somebody paid the price for this. And it was not just your debit cards. It was not just you showing up early for Sunday gatherings. It is not just you showing up consistently for Sunday gatherings. It is Jesus dying for you, for your sins and for my sins on the cross. So the cross speaks about the forgiveness of, or, or the remission of sins. The cross speaks about forgiveness that we have through Christ. So every wrong deed that, that you have done in the past or that, that you find yourself falling prone to time and over again, Jesus has died even for that. And can I go and say this? Even if you're about to do something stupid in the future that you're going to regret, that is also taken care of on the cross by Jesus. Am I talking to the like stones tonight? Like what, what excites you guys? Like... Seriously, I mean, if I were to tell you that a mistake that you're going to commit five years down the line, or five years after, like ten years, let's say ten years, any, any long thinkers like who love to, thinking about the future, can I see your hands? Okay, let's say you're living in 2040, and you've made the, the, the worst mistake, or you've committed the worst sin you could ever do. 
20 years from now, you don't even know what that's going to look like. But the good news is Jesus has still taken care of that. He's still taking care of that because that's the power of the finished work of the cross. That's the power that Jesus is willing to share with you and with me. Not just Christians, but every single person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus. He's willing to do that. So we're still upon, we're still speaking about the cross. See, you need to understand that it's it's the cross that Jesus uh, took or bore that secured the salvation of humanity. It's a cross. And, and if, if you go with me to uh, Romans 10. Do we have that? Yeah. And, and this is what I love about this verse. You know, there are a couple of things that you need to understand over here. When it comes to salvation, you know, there, there's so, the world today is talking about so many different ways to get salvation or to attain salvation or at least try getting salvation. But the Bible is very simple. And I love that fact as to I can put my faith and trust in Jesus because sometimes Jesus does not complicate things. He what simplifies them. Anybody like simple solutions in life? Okay, this is the, this is the most simplest solution I'm, I'm going to help you read. What is God's living message? It is a revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. And, and come on, you need to read this with me. For if we... Publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will experience what? Come on, you will experience what? I don't know where you stand in your journey of life, whether you have, whether you have professed Jesus, whether you believe in your heart. But this is what the scripture says. If you publicly declare and believe in your heart, you will experience salvation. It's not about, it's not about, oh my goodness, what good works can I do in the month of Feb? Considering it's Valentine's Day. Coming up. Oh, what can I do? You know, there's this, there's this cop, there's this CSR program that is running in my company. Should I partake in that? I think if I do that, I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, my good works will, will qualify me for salvation. My coming consistently to church and listening to Ninad and responding to him and making him feel good will give me salvation. No, it's your public declaration of your faith and believing that Jesus is who? Jesus is the Lord and confessing and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That assures you and me salvation. Today, I want to tell you, I can rejoice in this place Because God is my salvation. Anybody who can rejoice in this place because Jesus Christ is your salvation. If that's you, why don't you clap your hands and put put, thank Jesus. That your salvation is not just in good works, but your salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. You know, and that's the the reason we get excited to come here every, every week. That's the reason we get excited why we can do this. So the cross talks about the salvation and the finished work of the cross. And it's only because of the finished work of the cross that you and me can come boldly before Him. And and if you go back to, uh, we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 4, and and this is exactly what, what what the text says. Hebrews chapter 4. 
verse 16. And this says, let, let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of our need. Another translation says, let's come before him boldly. That means your shame, your guilt has no place if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus. Anybody excited about that? I'm, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so hopeful that I get to come before Jesus as I am. No masks. I don't have to be ashamed of my past. I don't need to feel worried about what's going to happen in my future because I know that somebody who's taking care of my future 2,000 years back on the cross. So the cross speaks about the finished work of Jesus. The cross was a place where the grace and the love of God overthrew the grip of sin on humanity. It was a cross. It was a sacrifice. It was a life. It was a, it, it was a way Jesus died so that you and me can experience this new life that we keep talking about. It was, it was on the cross that you and me can experience, because of the cross that you and me can experience this future that we keep talking about. You know, when we say that, you know, God wants a future that is so sorted for you. The reason we can say that boldly is not because of us, but because of Jesus who died on the cross for you. It's because of Jesus and Jesus alone. And the last thing I want to share with you, communion is also an authentic self-examination of your relationship with Jesus. It's not a ritual. It's not something we do because, you know, we don't have anything else better to do. It's not a tradition. It's not something we do just to make ourselves feel good about it. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an authentic self-examination to help you and me know where we stand in our relationship with Jesus. But you know what I love about this? It's self-examination. So, Ninad doesn't get to examine you in this. Zealous does not get to examine you in this. But it's self-examination. That means, you know, God, the creator of universe, the God who died for entire humanity on the cross, still loves you so much that even in one of the things that he instituted and he asked the church to do, he still gave you the freedom to examine where you stand in your relationship with Jesus. That's how considerate Jesus is. That's how loving God is when it comes to his church. Because see, every person has to constantly evaluate and reevaluate where they stand in their relationship with Christ. You know, just because we publicly declare before, before, before people or before your friends or, or within your friends or within this close circle that you have, just because you declare that Christ is Lord of your life, that doesn't mean that you, you stop working out on your salvation. It's a, it's a continuous process. Can everybody say it's a continuous process? It's a continuous process. And you need to work out your salvation. The Bible says it with fear and trembling. And so, you know, when we 
Communion is one of the best ways for you and me to do that, where we come to the place where we remember everything that Jesus did. You know, when it talks about the, 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 the blood, when it talks about the bread, you know, all these things, it's not like just exact. These are symbolic elements that help you and me understand what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was one of the best storytellers, by the way. And just so that you and me get the point, even 2,000 years later, he didn't use, he didn't use all these sophisticated words to, to help just talk about his flesh or talk about his, his blood. He used very simple elements to symbol, as a symbolic value to help you and me understand the truest sense and the significance of the most holy and the sacred thing that he ever did for humanity was to lay his life down on the cross so that you and me can get salvation. See, when Christ speaks of his love for you, he, he, didn't, he didn't stand from far off, you know, trying to test the waters when it came to you. He didn't say, okay, you know what? I think, I think I'm going to wait until all you guys get convinced about something. Get convinced about the Creator's love for His creation. Or God's love for humanity. And wait for humanity to prove that humanity loves God. But I love what the Bible says. Even when you and me were sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that tells me? Jesus went all in when it comes to his love for you and for me. He didn't wait. He didn't wait to, to kind of, you know, make sure, okay, I'm going to wait for another 52 weeks before this guy starts attending church. I'm going to wait for another one year before this guy is faithful when it comes to his tithes and offerings. I'm going to wait for the next few weeks when he starts committing to a connect group. I'm going to wait for another few weeks until he starts showing that he's some faithful material. He didn't wait for all of that church. While you and me were still contemplating about this decision of faith and, and, and whether to live for God or to not give in, he went all in. Jesus went all in. And that's how much he loves you because he didn't, he didn't wait for you to take a call because probably if, if the call was up to us, we would have never taken that call. Let's be real. But he went all in. It, it was never a half-hearted commitment when it came to Christ and humanity. It was always his entire life. He gave it so that you and me can live. But I want to ask this question to you, church, tonight. In the same manner, when we realize all that Jesus has done for you and the entire humanity, how can we still afford to make a half-hearted commitment to our Savior? Because the Bible tells me very plainly, very, very in a simple manner, that Jesus... He died. And He died a very gruesome death so that you and me can, can really live this life to the fullest of our potential. But 
I want to talk to you and for me for the next few minutes about your commitment. I want to talk to you and for me about our relationship when it comes to the creator, the savior and the one who died so that you may experience life and life in abundance. Where do you stand, Zelis, when it comes to your commitment with Jesus? Are we are we just comfortable you know coming in and and committing to just Sunday gatherings or are we really willing to take the step and say I want to go all in with my relationship with Jesus? Are we are we been so neutralized and so immunized by the fact that you've been a Christ follower for 5 years or 10 years or 15 years or even 2 years and you have lost the passion with how he loved you and still loves you today and not even thinking about where you need to take a stand and and really put your faith and trust in Christ because when Christ talks about you and me he is always like i said all in and that's why paul when he is coming back to the the first scripture that we read when paul is talking to the to the uh, to the community of of corinth he's helping them realize the essence of this act that though this looks like just a physical act about taking part in the in the in the bread and taking part in the in the cup this is not just a physical act this has got profound spiritual significance and in the next few minutes when you and me are going to be take, partaking of this i really want you to examine your lives tonight where do you stand when it comes to your relationship with jesus you know this is classic saying it fits in this situation so i'll just put it there and i'd heard heard this and kind of really shaped my thinking and i hope i get this right either jesus is a lord of all when it comes to your life or not at all so you can't make like a half-hearted commitment and i know you say hey ninad i'm going through so so much of struggles and so many issues it's not easy to just overcome them overnight you've got the mic you know what you can speak it's so easy well maybe it's not but maybe it was never meant to do your life was never meant to be done on your own strength and finding your own solutions maybe the, about 2000 years ago there was a solution that was offered for the security of your soul for the salvation of your soul for the goodwill and the good future of your soul so that you would not perish but you would have eternal life in and through Christ and his finished work on the cross and maybe you you're focusing too much on 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 the things that you need to sort out in your life that you have no time to focus on your relationship with Jesus but i want to bring you back to to that to that place where paul is is really going at the corinth church and telling them hey you guys need to reevaluate your relationship with Jesus and i think considering that someone who's you know taking all of us on this journey called church I don't want to sugarcoat this. Is that okay? I want to just say what the Bible says. Take heed of the warning that Paul is giving you and me about examining your relationship because the unworthy part that we just read it it basically comes back to evaluating your relationship with Jesus. See because when we remember Christ 
when we when we when we partake of this communion it's an act of remembering and reflecting but when we remember Christ by taking part of this bread and this wine we feast spiritually by faith on all the promises God bought by the sacrifice of Jesus that's the exciting part of this communion it's for you and me to remember and feast on the promises of God and and I know I asked you this we all get excited when it comes to the promises right we all want those but in this this particular part Paul is really helping you and me simplify this so today I want to encourage you let's not just remember Christ when we do this but also reevaluate our relationship with him Let's not just remember Christ but also reevaluate our relationship with him. Do you think that makes sense? So Zelis, are we all in when it comes to Christ? Or is that just a momentarily yes when we say just in Sunday gatherings? Because I want to tell you And I hope you guys still love me after this. Your real Christian life doesn't start here. It starts when you walk out of this place. Your true life as a Christ follower starts when you wake up on on a Monday morning. Your true life as a Christ follower continues when you have been at your work, at your college, at your businesses. and when you have to make decisions which are either in alignment to what god is asking you to do or totally contradictory to what god is saying that's where your christian life comes into that's where the rubber hits the road guys christ was all in he didn't care about the religious leaders he didn't care what the what the people during those times would say he he just went all in died for you And the good news is he didn't stay dead. He's a, a living God today. And we got the privilege to worship him. We got a privilege to pray to him who listens. We got a privilege to pray to a God who listens and answers to our prayers. But but I want to pull it back and ask you this. Have we really made Jesus the true living God and savior of your life? Have we taken our time to consider everything that has been made available to us because of the cross of Jesus? See the communion table is the most epic throwback for humanity. From all the pics you could see on the grams and the WhatsApp stories and the Facebooks and all the throwbacks that you could celebrate, Christ gave us the communion table. as most epic throwback for you and me to partake for you and me to celebrate for you and me to remember for you and me to reflect and this is what i want us to close out with the communion table helps us remember reenact and reevaluate everything we believe about jesus christ i want i want your focus on this it helps us can you say this with me remember reenact and reevaluate 
if there are three words that you can can just help yourselves with from all that we have spoken tonight are you willing to remember what jesus has done for you on the cross are you willing to reenact what 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 we are doing as a body of christ and but are you also willing to reevaluate your life you know just in a few moments we're going to be we're going to be getting into the lord's table and we're going to be doing the communion and and i understand you know one of the reasons we kick started zealous was was to create a community whose doors are open to people from all walks of life so it doesn't matter if if you're born in a christian home or if you're not born in a christian home that does not determine if you can come or you cannot come every one of our values is everyone belongs but but this this particular part of of the of what christ instituted it's 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 truly meant to be partaken celebrated and reenacted by those who truly believe in the finished work of jesus and who have truly publicly declared and given your life to jesus christ as a lord and savior of your life and i know i can i can say this because we are a family i know many of you are on, on that journey so you don't need to feel pressurized to partake of this you still belong but but this is what i want you to help i want this is why i'm saying this because as a church and as a, as a community we want to endorse the scripture and the application of the scripture in its true sense and this is also what paul says if you go to 1 corinthians 30 and verses 32 and this is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have even fallen asleep in other words it says gone dead but if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves we would not come under such judgment nevertheless when we are judged in this way by by the lord we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world so i want to i want to just take the pressure off of you guys if you have not yet made a public commitment to jesus if you have not accepted christ as the lord and savior of your life please don't feel pressurized to to come up and and partake of the communion but if there are people over here who have made a public declaration and you believe with your heart that Jesus is the lord of your life and he died on the cross for you and god raised him up from the dead tonight i want to challenge you with the last thing that i shared can you take time to authentically self evaluate and self examine where you stand with your relationship with jesus so i want to ask you all to just maybe take a few minutes to really look into your hearts tonight and see where you stand can we do that we're so glad you've been listening in if you'd like to know more about us follow us on insta at zealous pune or visit us online at zealous.community